they are back. Out of the darkness cometh light. Welcome to the new look ENS Wolves podcast with Joe Edwards, Rosie Swarbrick, Steve Bull, and your host, Nathan Judah. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 144. That is 144. It is the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Uh, I'm here with, with, with two of my very closest friends. Um, the oldest 22-year-old in the business, it's Mr. Joe Edwards, and the fourth-place finisher from the 1996 Miss Blackburn, Miss Rosie Swarbrick, guys, how's it going? <laughs> I've never, I've never been in a beauty contest or anything yeah, like I, that. Rumor no. is it, rumor is it, I've heard you came fourth place in 1996, Miss Blackburn. Well, I was five. Pardon? I was five. You're at that fifth. Time. You're no, fifth. I, I was five. Oh, you're five years old. I mean, there were only, only three contestants, to be fair. So mate, four places I, decent. I genuinely, I'll show you a picture of me at five years old. I looked like simply red. Simply, really? Like, really Mick tight. Mick. Yeah, Mick Hook. Big Mick. Yeah, like an Afro, tight curls. Would you, and none of us have got children yeah. that, that we know of um, at this present moment. Um, <laughs> so, well, you would probably know of it, actually. Me and Joe, probably not. Um, would you Would you put your... I'm digging a hole here. Yeah. Would, you, would you put your child... Would you put your child in a beauty pageant if they asked, if they wanted to do it? I'm not against it. Mm. Like, I'm not against beauty pageants. I'm not against cheerleading. I no. am a football writer who's currently on a football podcast. So yeah. I was taken to play rugby at four years old by, oh, my, like, right. four years old by my dad. And yeah. I went to Irish dancing, was rubbish, so they took me home. I, I went horse riding. I was I was sporty. Yeah, you're so outdoors kind me. of gal. It's not me, that. You wouldn't go high heels I'm, and all make up a handbag and, and give you... you I know, do what, on what, my what nights you... out. I yeah, do. Yeah, when I went yeah. to uni, I found like fake tan and alcohol and boys mm. and stuff like that. But when, like, in that order. Yeah, in that <laughs> order. But I've always played hockey. I've always been whatever. But yeah. I wouldn't be against like my future children if they turned around to me and was like... I want to do a beauty contest. Mm. I was, I'd be like, right, fine, because it is quite holistic now, isn't it? They, yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. sort of it like is, yeah. make them, you know, do other stuff. It's not just like. Although, although now you know, it's, I don't it's know. There's, 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 there's all these, and it's not just not just talent um, contests. It's all bloody sports and stuff now. You get particip- participation prizes or medals. Yeah. No one wins. No one loses. You, you know, if you score five goals, you go back to zero zero. Stop it! No. Yeah, I want to know that. if no. my kid wins or loses, and if yeah. they've come fifteenth, I want to know why they come fifteenth. They haven't come fifteen. Everybody came fifteen. No, yeah. no, fourteen people beat you. Why are fourteen people beating you? Well, have you took the dogs to Cruft yet? Uh, no, not yet. No, but Baloo, we, we went through Crufts. regionals with Baloo, um, and he won. He, he won regionals, but then yeah, we didn't quite get to Crufts in the end. And he's got a bit. Of, he's got a bit of a problem with the back of his leg, and you've got to be absolutely tip top when mm. when they're checking you out. Mm. And if they're not, and he's got a little bit of um, mm. like a luxating patella, which a lot of Pomeranians get. And uh, so that's an operation on that. So he's, he's kind of like competition days are over. It's more fun dog shows now. But there was a time when I did have, you know, uh, big ambitions for him. But he's still just a beautiful dog. And I just want to cuddle him and stroke him and kiss him. Mm. <laughs> what would you do if your cat brought a non-pedigree home? Would you be like... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, well that's, you know, that's, if they brought like all my... Yeah, you know, yeah, this I'll, is the thing, isn't it? Because I don't expect Nathan's dogs are like allowed to touch other dogs. It's like, I don't want no, you do one. not no. talk to other dogs. No. Whereas cats, you can't really pick oh, like, it's who they're mates with, it's can you? It's a house cat. And I've, oh, and, right. And, Have and, you let him outside yet? No, no he's had his, he's had his uh, 
He's had, he's his, had, his, snip. He's had his bits off as well. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Right. Poor yeah. thing. Yeah, so no chance of that. All no. right. So no. what does he, does he just like run around the house then? What? Yeah, lies on me back, you know, lies on your lap. There you go. Does he not look outside the cat? Long Whey! <laughs> right, should we talk talk about some uh, talk about some football? Yeah, finally, finally, <laughs> Potence <laughs> has come back. Oh, he has come to Molyneux. Uh, yeah, thankfully, I, I feel like we were reading the same thing. You know, every single day for the last two or three weeks. But but look, uh, he's the marquee signing of the window. He's the one that they wanted, I think, from the start. Look. He ticks a load of boxes. I'm going to let you guys speak about him. You're the ones who've been doing the work, doing the research. Um, Daniel Podence, finally a Wolves player. Yeah, it's 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 glad to see him in because it had been rumbling on for a bit, and obviously, you know, we want signings, get him in, get him done, and he's done. 17 million quid, four and a half year deal, third most expensive signing in Wolves' history, and um, he's he's an attacking player. He's an exciting player. Uh, likes to run at players, take them on, score goals as well. Uh, Champions League ambitions is stated. He's played in the competition already for Olympiacos, so very much seems to fit the mould and uh, hopefully will be quite the player for Wolves. What do you see him playing? I mean, you know, like you say, he's um, he's versatile. Can you see him playing in one position more than others, or do you think we're just going to fit him in as and when? I think he'll be as a winger more so. Uh, in the in the early days, at least. Anyway, I think three four three has been the formation that Wolves have looked better in, and um, he can play on the left, he can play on the right, can play as a number ten if they want to go like they did the second half of Southampton. So that, that's lovely, isn't it? You've got a player who's coming in, can play in a number of positions, and unlike the man who he's taken the, the shirt off, the number ten. Patrick Catrone, he's he's not really kind of one a player that is only kind of suited to one position. Can play in the middle, can play on the flanks, as we say, mm-hmm. and he's versatile. And he's a unique player as well. There's not, I mean, the Wolves have got one in Adama, and uh, this lad five foot five, low centre of gravity. Hopefully, he brings a, another dimension to Wolves. Yeah, five foot five. Can you can you oh, turn to my pocket rocket, uh, Rosie Swarbrick? <laughs> five foot five. Is that is that um, is that a problem in the Premier League these days, or, or do you feel that, that that you know it doesn't matter? It's just on all on ability, really. No, I don't. I don't think it matters anymore. And I think the big thing that he brings in that Podence will bring to Wolves is an extra dimension, something different. And that's what Nuno said. He wanted this transfer window. He wants. He, he said he, you know, he, he hinted attacker. Didn't exactly say attacker, but he says I want something different, and it sort of hints at that Plan B or the lack of a Plan B that we've had until um, Southampton, where we saw that shift to a sort of three-four-one-two in that sort of ten role. So he brings something to the table that, you know, that no other player in Wolves' ranks and and the Premier League sometimes can handle what it knows, mm-hmm. and he's an unknown quantity. So he'll be bring new. New things, new different things. And I think the big point as well, I think Wolves have made a statement by giving him that number 10 shirt from Patrick Catrone. Because we were running an R in as to whether he was a, a replacement for Patrick Catrone because he's not a direct replacement. He's not the same player. He's a complete different package mm. than Catrone. Mm. But that's kind. I don't think that's a bad thing. There's no, They've not signed an out-and-out backup for Raul like Catrone was because we've seen... Catroni didn't get the minutes, so we've got something that can then alter and fit formations and, and give someone 
give Wolves that extra chance to change things up if needed, a plan B. Yeah, and look, like they say, maybe he's, he's I think, majority of the time, I think he's played on the right. He's played all over, but played on the right. Mm. You know, you look at someone like Adama Traore, who was mm. massive, built like a brick, you know, <laughs> something house. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and uh, and then you have him coming on or whatever, who, who's tricky, who's, who's going to nip in, nip out. Very different, in, like you say, Rosie, you know, in skill set, but, mm-hmm. but can be just as effective. Um, look, I mean, I've got my, I've turned, you know, hold my hands up. I, I never heard of Daniel Podence before, um, but then I heard of you know a lot of the players who have come in and, and done a great job, you know, from these Portuguese, you know, signings who have, who have been superb. And I think uh, the fact that they've brought him in and they paid money for him straight away, a lot of the others they've come in on loan to the end of the season, you know, having the first option to buy, but to to spend that kind of money, it's a lot of money. And like we've just done a video there, Joe, you know, the third most expensive signing in, in Wolves history. Um, without having that loan signing, maybe that that just that pullback just in case it doesn't work out shows how much they think of him. Exactly, it's uh, it's now Wolves have of course taken risks in the market in the past, but Fausen being an inf- investment firm, they have tried to make signings as risk free as possible over the past few years. But they've, they've stumped up the cash, they've stumped it up up front. There's no kind of bonus incentives in this deal either, so it's a it's a it's a straight sixteen point nine million when you you know round it up. Accurately, but 17 million for for all, you know, for all purposes, and it's a good bit of cash, and it's a four and a half year deal. So he, he you know, he, he's very much here for the long term. We said it in the video, but 24, he's a good age. He's he's got the potential to be a, a great player. Uh, he'll want to break into that senior Portugal setup now, and he's got relative experience under his belt. Already won three trophies uh, from his time in Portugal, and hopefully he could add a bit of silverware during his time at Bologna. And he's he's straight in, right? He's mm. eligible for for yeah, Saturday against yeah. Manchester yeah. United. He's eligible in the Europa League, so so you know double whammy really. Yeah, expect him to be on the bench at the weekend. You know he's in contention for Man United. Mm. Whether they decide right, we'll put him straight on the bench. You'd expect with the, with the way you know with, it's sort of a marquee signing, so you'd expect him to be. He's been playing, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, yeah. so he's, yeah. he's he's obviously match fit, or you'd have thought or close match. Yeah. Get fifteen twenty minutes out of him anyway, sort of thing, and, and, and great for the away fans to go into Old Trafford that they could see yeah. this new superstar, you know, uh, making his full debut. Well, that's it, and you, you look at the difference from a couple of weeks ago, and I know it's only kind of one signing, um, but you could have Diago Jota and Daniel Poudence as you as your attacking options on, on the bench. You could have Willie Bolly on that bench mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, we talk about. Things changing in football very quickly, but you look at the space of a few weeks, mm-hmm. that bench is looking a lot stronger now. Um, uh, we probably want to discuss that thing uh, to a, to a longer extent in the next couple of podcasts. But let's say let's say they get back to full fitness. Let's say Willie Bolly comes in. Let's say Diego Jota gets his mojo. He comes back in on the left hand side. Um, Pedro Neto, where does that leave him? Does that leave him? Uh, you know, his opponent's going to be the first one on, whether whichever side it's going to be. Or does Pedro Neto have to wait for his chance, or is he, is you know, is he the man with the shirt at the moment? I th- he's very much in the mix, and I think at the same time, uh, you, you've seen it with kind of perhaps Phil Foden at Man City, or I mean, you could say Morgan Gibbs White to an extent at Wolves, but I think they'll probably try and protect him a little bit as well. Neto, you know, I've got plenty of time on his side. He's only nineteen. And they don't want to overexpose him. Um, so as as well as he has done, I think they'll be careful of not, you know, burning him out either. And and bringing in Powden, so I think he can use Neto, maybe perhaps a little bit more sparingly. But I don't think that's a, a slight against him. 
I just think it's that may well be what's best for his uh, long-term development. So it's uh, we're recording this at quarter past twelve on Thursday, eleven o'clock deadline. Slam shut. Love the love the word slam shut. They slam. do that. Slam shut. Yes. Um, even though it probably doesn't, because there's probably a few faxes that go at eleven o five and still get. So it doesn't really slam yeah, shut. That, that was fax machines. Yeah, that's. Oh, I know those that <laughs> dial-up connection. Yeah. Um, but but look, so we've got pretty much um, you know the best part of thirty-six hours between now and, and the end of the window. Can we expect to see one more? Can we expect to see the Oliveira deal? Can we expect to see um, a, another striker come in or, you know, an, another positional player? I think there'll be one more. I've just got, I think there will be one more uh, um, striker. Uh, if not, I think there'll be probably another under-23s edition because mm. the, they haven't been... Under-23s uh, are going to be stacked after this, after this well, January. Well, they kind of need to be, really. Um, I watched them at Molyneux on Wednesday and mm. they've got something about them, but they keep drawing yeah. and they're 11th in their league at the moment, which is a relegation place. Mm-hmm. And... You know, for all intents and purposes, I know it's not all about results at that age group, but they want to be staying in that top in that flight, top flight after, especially after the promotion last year. Yeah. So Campana, Labadice, who's, who's coming this week. Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's another one just to kind of bolster that 23s team. And they will be 23s. I mean, there's talk of them. You know, are they going to be bench potential players? But they're going to have to show in the 23s first if they have yeah, a chance. Yeah, maybe. Like similarly to Shabani early mm-hmm. on in the season, and Jordan is coming. You know, as and when they've been short in terms of injuries, but I think Campana may well be on the first team bench before the season ends. But yeah, they're thinking uh, with him and Lower DJ, he's uh, definitely twenty threes for the here and there. Okay, great stuff. Shall we um, take some questiones from the peeps? Oh, go on. Should we take a few questions? Um, loads of questions. Loads of questions. Um, James Marnie is Poland's Wolves' shortest ever player. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's that's a that's a right question. Yeah, maybe one you're gonna have to go and have a have a I'll, search. I'll, really, I'll have a look at that. Yeah, I'm try, trying to think. What of, was Jamie O'Hara? He was a, he was short, wasn't he? Is he, he pretty short? Probably about five seven, five eight, mm. maybe. Yeah, but he's like these wrestlers these days. Sure, Michaels was listed at five eleven for his career. He's yeah. more like five six, six, five seven. Yeah. Ah, um, oh, Colin Cameron weren't the tallest. Mm. Uh, Matt Jarvis weren't that tall, but he, he was taller than Powdens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe struggling there. That, that, that may well be. Good question, James Marnie. Be, yeah, cheers, James. Good question. Um, David Gannon, will Nuno play Podence from the off on Saturday at Old Trafford? I think, Rosie, I think you mentioned yeah. you're, you're probably likely to be on the bench, you'd, you'd say. Yeah, likely to be on the bench. Um, the same with Willie Bowley and, and even Jota. I think it's. I don't. I think Neto deserves to keep his shirt, but that's a decision for Nuno, isn't it? You know that these sometimes he's, he's a hard man to read, but no, I don't. Is, no. I don't. After that Liverpool performance, you wouldn't even expect mm. many changes, would you? Um, but yeah, just... we'll find out tomorrow from Nuno if. But I'd I'd likely say. Podence, expect him on the bench, expect Bowley on the bench and expect Jota on the bench too. Yeah. Uh, it's funny funny. Um, you, you say tomorrow because obviously me, me and Rosie at the press conference for Nuno ahead of the uh, the Man United game but I'm sure it'll be all about uh, transfers. Mm-hmm. I can just see him say, uh, you, you asking me, Nuno, so um, transfers, any, any, do you expect to see any more? No, we're done. Yeah, but Nuno, <laughs> just me and you here, come on. Do you expect to see any more? No, Rossi. No. <laughs> please, no. please shut no. up, Rossi. No. Yeah. Leave then, me alone. I've said no the first time. Then, Why are you not listening? <laughs> and then we're like, 10.45pm tomorrow night. We're like, well, don't 
Don't go anywhere just yeah. yet, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. development squad. Oh, development, yeah. squad. development squad. Yeah. Not yeah. my yeah. signing. Come on, Rosie. Sorry. I'm turning Olivier Ross again, aren't I? Uh, Richard Rutten says, um, do you enjoy the transfer window or is it just a pain in the arse for journalists? Um, it, it depends which day you catch it on. A day like this when a, a big signing has been made, you can't, uh, and especially being a fan, fan at heart as well, Wolves fan, um, you can't help but be excited. And But there is days where it just kind of rumbles on and you've got questions here, there and everywhere. And it only takes you know one person to start off a rumour on Twitter mm. and then it becomes almost fact to mm. a lot of people and saying, oh, why aren't you saying this? And it's like, well, because it's not true. Mm. Um, you know, there's stuff like last week, I kind of said that Wolves hadn't bid for Danny Alma, which because they hadn't. Yes. And then he ended up going to, to Leipzig. And he, uh, one of the replies, oh, he was tongue in cheek and had a bit of a, a bit of banter back, but he was like, F you, Joe. Mm. And it's like, I don't know, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> I'm just telling you the facts yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with it, to be honest. Yeah, but like, it's, it's just, it's just stuff like that sometimes. It's like, you have to be on high alert. Sure. 24 7, pretty much. Um, so I will be kind of happy to see the back of you mm. but at the same time while you're in it, it it's kind of the first window really you know they've had kind of following walls very closely sure um, it is fun it is fun but it is a double edged sword as well at the same time yeah and look it'd be nice if they get a few players in between the start at the start of the month but you know that's never ever the case with anyone is it really no I don't enjoy it you don't like it no sports. I don't like it I don't I, I, I just think it's a bit sometimes you're chasing a lot of stuff at the time and, and sometimes I just think in this the the digital age of football journalism mm. we're, we're sometimes chasing shadows for no point when I'm sat there chasing a lead and it comes out no and you've wasted all that time of your day and I'm like and you know what's coming and, really. and part of it's just because a lot of people nowadays in, in and around football because of football manager and because of you know FIFA and because of the Premier League sort of fantasy football thing think the managers mm-hmm. and see someone like obscure and all it takes is for someone to make something up and put two and two together or think oh he's a He's a Mendez agent. Oh, they, let's do this. And even the agents, we one of the biggest things in the Premier League is is agents sort of coming out and pimping the players and yeah. going on Sky Sports and just saying, you know, it, all loads of stuff is agent fed, just mm-hmm, trying to mm-hmm. themselves trying to make money because of the money involved. And for me, it's just a bit of a, a merry-go-round. Sometimes I, I like hard facts. I like to know what's happened. I like to talk about a player. When they are in the club, when they're in Molyneux, what do we know? What's going on? I love injury chasing up. I, I love all that sort of stuff. How long are they going to be back? Finding that sort of stuff out. It's it's a bit of investigative journalism, but I think just in the modern age, when there's so much stuff out there that's absolute rubbish. Yeah. It's just a bit like, what is the point in this? Sometimes not our jobs. Like, no, what's the point either. in journalism? It's just like, hold on, I'm chasing a shadow. Like yeah. someone the other day was like, oh, I, I saw. Um, I saw that Southender, uh, one of their goalkeepers, is being linked with a move to the Premier League. Can you check it out? Because hmm. it's Premier League and you cover Wolves. And I'm just like, why am I ringing Chris Phillips here? To, yeah, yeah. You know, I got the answer. No, Wolves <laughs> aren't, you know, sort of thing. And checked it out, Maya. But it's like little things where yeah, you just course. you just literally chasing stuff that isn't real. And I'm yeah. just like, please, I just want to know. Like, it's not real. I, sometimes it's nice. To, it's nice. You don't mind it being action-packed. I'd rather be busy than not busy mm. because, you know, yeah. like, we're on shifts tomorrow. I mean, 
well, I'm not normal 8am to midnight, which is, which is yeah. going to be fun and games for me, but we're all working long shifts tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, you'd rather be busy and working because rather than just staring at the clock and uh, looking forward to... Uh, well, saying that, a little, little takeaway tomorrow night, guys, a talk Ooh, of Nando's yeah. or yeah. Nando's? chicken Nando's. What, uh, what money are you on compared to us? I can't <laughs> afford a Nando's takeaway. I'm getting that. some nuggets <laughs> from Mackey's, mate. You know, I, might, I might treat you to a, to a, to a little bit of chicken. Little, little, little uh, yeah, bit. I'm happy about that. Mackey's, oh. they've just released a grand Big Mac, haven't they? No, oh, I did see yeah. that. See that? I saw that revolt. Evolving on one of my promoted tweets the other day. <laughs> Not my promoted tweets, yeah. but I was like, oh, dear me. Uh, Rob Spicer continues to love the potty, the highlight of my week commutes. However, the intro to the American man's voice on the podcast really grates on me. I'm a very tolerant person, but I guess <laughs> come so far as to say I hate it. And he plans to change it sometimes. I might change it, Rob, to be fair. Um, it's, it's not my favourite either. We've had better intros. Uh, Go yeah, on. I'd, I'd agree with that, actually. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, 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 no, I. I can see his point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although to be fair, people go all these big American. He does. He does. He does a lot of the trailers, so he'll, you actually hear that voice in a lot of the trailers coming movies coming to a cinema yeah. near you. Yeah, yeah. He's actually that guy, and he actually, I think he does a little bit of a talk sport as well. But yeah, it's not. It's not my favourite in the world, Rob. But we might. We might get that changed. To be fair, might be freshening it up. And um, he's got a normal question as well. Just last night's failed exertions by Manchester United playing to Wolves' hands, and is being fresh as a daisy after nine days rest a godsend, or will it take us the whole first half to get going, as is the standard? Uh, I hope not. Um, oh, I can't it, be doing it, with another slow start. No, they, they, need, they need to be starting game sharper. They need to stop conceding first. Um, this is a chance to record a massive statement victory. This is, and it, 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 I think you could argue this is perhaps Wolves' biggest game of the season. Uh, you know, you're knocked on points with Man United. You want to prove that you can, you know, finish in the top six, let alone the top seven. And um, if you record a win over Manchester United on their on their on their turf. I think that's a massive statement mm-hmm. to saying we're not just beating you, we're going to take your place. Yeah. And um, hopefully that, that, that's what proves to be the case. Uh, honestly, I can't wait for that game and we'll, we'll preview it a little bit more um, in the next 10, 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, Richard says, um, what are the loudest crowds uh, or games you've ever been to? Liverpool and Man City games are both seriously loud from where I was sitting in the quadrant. Uh, I think the games from you guys have seen that you think, oh, wow, this has come alive. When we were there with the bloody whistling that was that was an was unreal loud experience in a different way, yeah. even the Wolves fans because mm. we couldn't hear the Wolves fans mm. and we all know how loud the Wolves fans are yeah um, it's a different type of noise that, isn't yeah it? it was it was it was surreal mm. it was surreal it's, it's a new experience for me that I've never experienced anything like that and that goes down in the memory yeah. of noise wise where I couldn't even think mm-hmm. it was hurting to think mm-hmm. as you probably told from the match report <laughs> that's that's think ladies and gentlemen sorry, think. think oh sorry think. am I speaking with my ass no you got you, you, both, you, both, you both got torched on Twitter yeah. with, it, with your thinks rather than thinks they were yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, in, a nice way, in a nice wow. way. In a nice way, yeah. not in a nasty way. In a nice way. Slava and Bratislava is the noisiest game I've been to, despite mm. the fact it was mm. supposed yeah. to be behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> it's got like 20,000 <laughs> screaming kids. It's absolutely it's <laughs> crazy. High on sugar and candy floss. Oh, what, what song was it that came on after? It was from, like Justin Bieber song, and they were singing it word for word. I was yeah. like, what? You know, it was like being at a concert. You'd be singing that anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scrivo, Matthew Scriven's uh, love Scrivo's. Yeah, Scrivo's Scri- always good, good for a question. Good, good lad, and it, and it is a good question. And look, it's probably one that we could we could spend half an hour talking on. And in fact, we've been talking about it today uh, before you even sent this question in. He says, uh, "I've always been, and still, I'm firm of the, firmly of the belief that we should stay at Molyneux. But will there or should there come a point where Wolves need to move on for their own good?" While not first choice, there are obvious benefits. The thought of leaving, however, is heart wrenching. I'll add to that, you know. Um, 
there comes a point where needs, Wolves need to move for their own good. There might come a point where it, if Fosun if are going to continue with this project, it's financially viable for them to move to a different location rather than continue and invest you know, tens of millions of pounds into into something where they haven't got a lot of uh, a lot of scope for for expansion, not just not just transport wise, but also stand wise, and, and you know, got to weigh that up. It is interesting, and I think, like I say, it is one that we can discuss in depth. My own opinion is, I really hope they stay at Molyneux. However, I've I've not fear, but with Laurie Dalrymple leaving, with 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 Jeff being there. I don't think you can rule out, and this is just me, and this is my own opinion. I haven't heard anything about this that there still could be a new stadium. Mm. Uh, my my opinion, and again, this is just kind of something that I've kind of thought about, is that I mean, in a in a hypothetical world, if you were able to buy the land of the Asda and the and the uni accommodation on the back of it, is whether you'd carry on playing at Molyneux whilst a new stadium is built like across the road from it. Um, technically you're not leaving and then you know you're on the same kind of plot of land really but this is going to be out of the city though isn't it you thought and realistically if you're going to build hotels because if they're going to build a stadium they're going to build hotels they're going to have restaurants restaurants, they're going to have a casino and 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 the car park is huge like if you car park that's that's as big as sometimes as lucrative as the stadium these days as well you have huge car parks around around the stadium venue so but and also cost as well you 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 know you build a city center whereas if you go to a huge wasteland on the outskirts of the city it's it's a fraction of the price, so I don't think I think that's unrealistic. The fact that they can build close, very close, like Spurs. Yeah, Spurs yeah. have done. I know that they've built actually on the stadium and moved away from Wembley. We can't do that yeah. unless you want to share with the baggies for a, a season or two, <laughs> which isn't going to happen. <laughs> so um, I think it's just important to stress factually, though, mm-hmm. rather than opinion, um, that what we know is that there are no plans to move away from Molyneux no. right now. There's no, no there's no plans. Um, they are thinking about ways to redevelop and expand, but it's all discussions. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no plan. There's no ironed out. This is what's happening to Molyneux. It's all hypothetical at the moment. So I think people who are worried should just sort of step back and just chill a bit because it's there's nothing firm in the pipeline from the club. We just know that they are discussing. They are looking at options because they have ten thousand um, supporters on a waiting list for a season mm-hmm. ticket. So at the moment, what they're doing is looking into ways to get those fans in because there's no room for fans to come in, extra fans, but they can't. It's really hard because if you look at the Steve Bull, you don't want to do anything that will then disrupt fans who, who've been there for years, you know, watching the club and in what is arguably the best, one of the best periods in the club's recent history. You don't want fans to be displaced in a time when Wolves are doing so well and a ground share of, of, or, or going to the Hawthorns or going to Villa is not something that you'd want to do as a fan but at the moment what we know from the club from our understanding is that it's just a discussion process at the moment nothing is concrete nothing is set in stone but you can understand alarm bells ringing when when you know steep or redevelopment and stuff is is delayed and you know there's all these big talks of stuff that people are going to think well you know put put two and two together whatever and look it might be five but you know you can, be put, interesting. you can put It'll two be interesting. together, but at the moment the club are just saying, you know, yeah. at the moment there's no nothing, no concrete plans. Um, I think the fans' parliament said as well the other day that sort of echoed those statements. There's, there's nothing concrete going on, so we just need to. I'm not saying that people chill because it's a, it's an important thing. The stadium is an important thing. The history of Molyneux. I 
love the stadium. I've been there before, and it was one of the appeals of me coming to Wolves to cover them. Mm-hmm. Um, was working at Molyneux, so but I just think right now th- there's nothing concrete. And like I say about transfers, for me, I'm all about the concrete. You're all about like, the facts. Swords. I like the facts. You're all about I the facts. Like, well, let, let's I, let's have something. Concrete. I revel in gossip, is what yes, I do. Give me the facts. Matt Lake, uh, who starts against United? Bolly back in, Jotter or Neto? Podence on the bench, I assume. Love the podcast, by the way. Wayne Edwards asks the same. How much of a role can you see Podence playing this season? Bearing in mind Neto and Traore are on fire. Super sub, maybe. Yeah. Um, super sub. Yeah. And the team, I believe, will be the same as, as Liverpool in that same system, 3-4-3. Three, three. Don't really see a necessarily massive reason to change it. Don't want to rush Bolly back. And as I said in last week's podcast, I think if you get focus on getting Bolly and Jota back, it's a full sharpness for that Europa League double-header. That's, that's what you want. Uh, Jamie Walters will finish on if you don't if we don't sign a backup to Jimenez uh, this window do you consider this window a failure or is that too harsh if Jimenez gets a knock who fills in with this current squad uh, Jota could go central and Powdance could play on the left and Traore on the right or Neto on one of the wings um, I would like to see a centre forward don't get me wrong um, but at the same time I don't want to just see him sign anybody just for the sake yeah. of it and they won't do that um, what I will say about Nelson Oliveira very quickly is that yes, the interest has cooled over the past few days, but we saw a very similar situation with Leo Bonatini a couple of years ago, where Wolves weren't going to make the deal permanent, they weren't going to, they weren't prepared to pay the cash, other targets fell through, and they paid it at the last minute. So I wouldn't necessarily rule out Oliveira comp- completely if they don't find anyone else, if the chips are, chips are stacked in their favour. I think they'll do a deal. So there's, there's always potential with that one before the deadline. The thing with Sim with Wolves in this transfer window is that they know the prices, know what they're willing to pay. The same with the Florentina deal of, of sending Patrick Catroni out. I think it shows absolute strength from the club that they're just sat here going, we know our prices, we know what our players are worth. And we've seen them step back, let stuff cool and come back. So, you know, and also I think we've stressed earlier in the podcast, haven't we, about this number 10 shirt that he's been given. So... It's not an out-and-out backup for Raul Jimenez, but I don't necessarily think that Nuno's vision was backup because they tried backup in the summer with Catrone. It's not worked out because he's not getting the minutes. And I think when you're looking at strikers, yeah, if Jimenez gets injured, it's a worry. Mm -hmm. But if he doesn't, you've got a striker who you've paid stupid money for. But like Joe says, it's one of these situations when stuff cools, it's not completely ended it's just cooled. Yeah. So we're in a situation now where, you know, it could it could happen still. Look, they made the decision. Um, if, they, if they don't get a striker, they don't get a striker. If Raul Jimenez gets injured and, um, you know, like you say, you play Jota Central, you play opponents and it doesn't work out, well, then they're going to get some stick. And yeah. quite rightly so. And mm. they're putting themselves out for that and saying, we'll hold our hands up because yeah, we, yeah, we didn't get the job done. Or we sold Catroni where maybe we shouldn't have... But, but these are all ifs and buts and these are all... And look... Up to now, they've absolutely nailed it, haven't they? They've got every single decision right, almost. So you know, you, you've got to have you've got to have faith in it. Uh, look, I'm sure everybody would like a backup just in case, a fallback, even just to give him 15, 20 minutes at the end of a game. What was it when he three or four nil on Saturday? Then happy days to take him off for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, such such is the nature that you're not gonna you're not gonna second guess uh, Fosun and, uh, and Wolves and, and this hierarchy because they know exactly what they're doing. So so long may it continue. Right, I have got a little a little bit of a new segment, quick segment. Um, only a couple... We're going to discuss it. I'm going to say a statement and you're going to discuss it for about a minute okay. or so. Okay, so very quick, very quick. The new segment's called It's Been a While. 
It's been a while. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say I'm going to say it's been a while, and then yes. follow it with a statement. Then you can maybe just discuss it amongst yourselves for a minute or thirty oh. seconds. Okay. Look, this is revolutionary. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Hey, this is why they pay me the big bucks. This is why I can get Nando's on a eight o'clock uh, with my with my twenty percent discount, which we get M and A discount twenty percent over what? the road. Yeah, over yeah. the road. Twenty percent. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, really? Okay. It's been a while since Wolves kept a clean sheet in the league. Yeah, uh, West Ham. December the 4th. Yeah, so, yeah, it has been a while. Rui Patricio, it's, it's, it doesn't really reflect his his performances, really, because he, he has been very good in, in the main. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll, he's due one. And uh, it, just the defence needs to stop conceding first. That's 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 a long and short of it. It's been a while since we've seen Roman Sace in midfield. Yeah, it has. And I think he's a defender now. I think he's a defender... Yeah. Uh, when when Bolly comes back, play him on the right, keeps Ice on the left. He, he looks mm-hmm. he looks every bit of defender to me. I don't know yeah. about you, Razzy. Yeah, I'd I'd keep him there. You I'd you would have Dendonka as the as, as the midfielder potentially. Yeah, midfield um, backup necessarily because the the problem with Dendonka and Sace is now the possibly going into be midfield backup because of the success of this formation and how well they played in defence. Yeah, I like I like Dendonka going mm-hmm. forward. I think he offers a goal threat when he's in midfield. Yeah, it's been a while since. Diogo Jota did the business. He's been injured. I know. Calm down. Well, I'm talking about the season, <laughs> really. I'm talking about the season yeah. as a whole, really. I mean, I know we saw... Was it was it Brighton, was it, where he did... He, yeah, he, he was yeah, out yeah, goals. But, I mean, you know, we, the, the Diogo Jota that we know and love hasn't really been on fire yet, has he? Like we saw last season. He had them two games, didn't he? He, had, he got the double against Brighton, and he got that hat-trick off the bench against Pursuit mm. when he completely turned the game on its head. But he hasn't been a consistent... Uh, run of form as compared to last season but it, at times he looked like when we saw him at the back end of the championship he was trying a little bit too hard uh, maybe things just you know come, come a bit more naturally for him but mm-hmm. him coming back to fitness cannot be understated it's a, it's a massive boost and with Pedence coming in as well uh, great attacking force it's been a while since Nuno and his backroom staff lost their marbles in a game has he? has do you think? do you think? I mean Compared to the championship days when they were going mental, they had they had huge yeah, bust ups yeah, yeah. every single game. I feel like they've calmed down quite a bit. There's been a few there's been a few pointing and and I think didn't Nuno get booked in a game. I think so. I, I can't the, remember. I think that was that was kind of like there is now like antagonists though. Is there's now Warnock's? No, you know what I mean? no. I, the big spats were with Warnock, and yeah. obviously uh, he's happy to dish it out and, and take it. I, I think all the other managers that they come up against. A lot of them are quite reserved now, aren't they? In the, in the Prem, quite softly spoken. Uh, yeah, it has been a while. Um, it's been a while. Last one, last one, last one. It's been a while since Europa League action. Feels forever. I know. Hasn't it? It'll be forever for me. I've got my feet up, haven't I? <laughs> <I'm> watching <laughs> you guys. out. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, goodness me, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, when, when the games literally came. It was every single week relentless for months. It felt like months on end. Really, since Shanghai. They got back from Shanghai. We were in Northern Ireland. About yeah. And then, and then, how? It's been like two, couple of months, two or three months. I think the second week in December was the first midweek that they didn't have a game. Incredible. Which was like nuts. Mm. Um, but no, the, like the games have been a lot more sparse over these over these past past few weeks. Mm. So double header against Espanyol. Just a quick note on Espanyol. Uh, they've not improved really. Okay. They're, they're still bottom of the league. Um, I think they've got a new manager in and a couple of new players, but. They've picked up a couple of draws, but they're still rooted to the bottom of La Liga. And that is a very, very winnable tie for Wolves. Only 2,000 going over, which is a bit of a disappointment. So wanting to get it up to 3,000, they've got to stick with the initial allocation. But I think 
big carnival, isn't there, running the city? Yes. Um, so I think that may well have played into it. Oh, you'll be in that carnival. Oh, yes. Oh, you'll be dancing. You'll be dancing. Yeah. yeah. You'll be on that float. <laughs> giving away, throwing away, throwing away necklaces, coloured necklaces to everyone. That's it. Uh, right. Um, we have got Manchester United on Saturday. 5.30 kickoff. Cannot wait. This is what matters. Not that bloody FA Cup rubbish. Um, we spoke to Harry Robinson from the Man United weekly podcast um, to discuss the Red Devils and this is that interview well I'm delighted to welcome Harry Robinson from the Man United weekly pod uh, Harry thanks very much for coming on really appreciate it look it's been um, obviously a difficult season both on and off the pitch for you guys uh, what would you say so far that you have to summarise it well it's a strange season because we came into this with I think mixed ambitions accepting that top four and, and a trophy would represent probably a a good season both of those things are are still possible despite some some pretty humiliating defeats the the league cup is gone as of as of last night but mm-hmm. and and this season still could unravel very quickly we've seen the injuries united are just about cope with them but uh, so the season has almost unraveled at points but there, there's quite a lot to like about in this united side more so than under jose Mourinho and louis van Gaal and david moyes and i think that's why not just because he's a club legend, but also because we've seen improvements to certain players, the signings we've had made are good, and there's been big wins, including last night, although it, it was slightly gutting because we, we didn't go through, but we've we've beaten City twice at the Etihad, Liverpool, well, we haven't beaten Liverpool, we, we draw at home to them and then beat Chelsea Spurs um, as well. So it, it's been a, a mixed season, but one definitely with quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of downs as well as the occasional high. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, divides opinion. Uh, what would you say, Man United fans, would you say the majority are, are behind him or, or they, they want to see Poch come in? I think, I think it's very mixed. I think the majority of match-going fans are very much behind Solskjaer and you'll you'll hear that um, if if you're at the game or watching the game on, on Saturday evening the, the, the emphasis from, from fans is certainly on supporting Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, what he's doing. Um, and I, th- I think that comes across most weeks at Tranmere when we were we were six nil up. The the songs were about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and at City when we were heading out of the League Cup, it was about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And the same goes for away at Watford when when we lost two nil. It's a very consistent message behind the manager and against uh, the board. Um, and I think for those who aren't regulars at Old Trafford, it, it's it's very much divided. There are a lot who see the the good he's doing, and there are a lot who who rightly are concerned that he, he's not the best man for the job. And I think. You you can have concerns about that. It's it's just a matter of whether you think that someone like Mauricio Pochettino a would want to come to United and b would be able to do a similar job that he did at, at Spurs because of the way that the club is structured and the the misdirected investment in in the last few years means I'm I'm not convinced that Pochettino would give United much more than a, a temporary boost and if, if he comes in and proves me wrong on that then that would be fantastic but for now certainly from, from my point of view and I think a lot of United fans Solskjaer is, is doing the dirty work if you like getting rid of the players United don't want dealing with a a, um, a thin squad and bringing in the right players and, and, and changing the attitude as well a bit 76,000 people there um, in the 57th minute. 58th minute comes on uh, on Saturday. How many people are going to be in the ground? I think exactly the same amount. I can't really? see... Yeah, I'm yeah. I, I can't see it happening, can you? But it's, it's, there's been talk about this walkout. Yeah, there's certainly been talk about it. I think it was, it was firstly a little bit premature to start planning 
well, not premature. I think I think the the idea of a protest is is certainly right, and I think that should always be encouraged from from football fans and certainly from United fans. We've done it twice before in 2005 and in 2010, and I think there should, certainly should be a follow up to that. But the to 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 plan it um, for this game for Wolves on Saturday with a few days' notice is a wrong and and you you if, if united fans are going to have any kind of success they need to do a couple of things one is which decide on kind of an end goal what what is the protest for is it to get rid of the glazers is it to get rid of woodward is it to appoint a director of football sure. but secondly it needs to have some actual organization and and some bloke on twitter sitting at home and saying everyone should walk out in the 58th minute it's not that kind of organization and in the game closest to the anniversary of the Munich Air disaster and, and the death of multiple players of, of the Busby Babes and coaches and, and staff at United and journalists, to walk out on the 58th minute is is pretty disrespectful and not the right time to do it. So I think there will be a protest before the season ends. Wolves will, will not be that game, I don't think. Um, how do you see Wolves from, from what they've done in the last few seasons? Um, obviously, the... Man United and Wolves know each other very, very well. The <laughs> amount of games they play is an incredible amount, really. But um, yeah, wh- where do you see, where do you see them, and uh, do you see them as, I wouldn't say rivals now, but obviously the level and points going into this game, um, United favourites, but not quite the favourites they would you, you would expect the bookies to price them maybe at the start of the season. Yeah, um, do you see them on a, just from a just from a performance point of view um, on kind of like a level playing field? Playing field ability-wise, we've just had a discussion on the podcast of how many players, if you did um, a crossover side, you know how many players United yeah. players and Wolves players would get into each of the team. You might disagree with me. We kind of had the majority of Wolves players rather than Man United players. Do, do you see it the same, or do you think that that Wolves at home should be a team should should be a game where you should be beating them and beating them pretty comfortably? Certainly not comfortably. I think I think it is it's pretty much level now. Um, both sides are. Are too inconsistent at the moment to be getting into the top four is is the trouble for both of them. Um, I think United are, are probably the more inconsistent of the two and, and can have these these brilliant performances, including not City away on Wednesday night, but City away in December um, and Spurs at home in December as well. And there's been a couple of others. I think Wolves are, are probably a bit more consistent. And yeah, you're right. If you if you were combining the two sides. Uh, how many United players would get in? Well, the definite ones would be the the injured players, which would be Marcus Rashford, Paul Pogba. I think Scott McTominay m- may be getting there, depending on what kind of football you're trying to play. Um, but Wolves midfield is very strong. And up front, you've got Jimenez and, and Adama Traore, or he would probably play alongside Marcus Rashford ahead of Anthony Martial, which is seems perhaps strange to say, given given his reputation and the price he joined United at, and how many goals he scored for United, to be fair. But this season certainly you'd put Jimenez and, and Traore in, in front so it's I think if you were making a combined team it would be pretty pretty even because you look at United side you say how many of Wolves' players gets in there probably Jimenez um, Ruben Neves would be uh, an absolute definite and the back four United fans would probably f- for the main part stick with the 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 lineup that they have so Wolves no United fan will go into this game confident That's that's that tells you Pretty much all you need to know about the the relationship at the moment. I mean, since uh, since Wolves played Liverpool and they were pretty, I think everybody watched it, so they were pretty lucky not to get something from the game. Um, yeah, you know, you played Tranmere, um, albeit you know, pretty strong, pretty pretty strong all day, and you could understand why in that situation. Uh, but you played Tranmere, you were to play Man City last night. Um, two games 
more would would you suggest that there might be some tightness there or, or do you feel you know it's Premier League ready to go these these guys are, are fit are fit players and um, it'll be exactly the same and there shouldn't be any tightness or any effects there I, I think it's a inevitable effect I think United have played a, a, a lot of games this season the, the League Cup was um, going out of that means it's the first competition we've gone out of we're still very much in the race for, mm. for Premier League top four we're in the Europa League we're in the FA Cup it doesn't matter if we're likely to win them we're in it and we've had to play the games plus we had to play the replay against Wolves obviously so a lot of games and that's not helped by the fact that Rashford Pogba McTominay are injured amongst others which include Dallo, Rojo, Bay, these players who aren't that important but would come into games like yes, Tranmere Rovers away or Absolutely. Wolves in the FA Cup so mm. that there will be an element of tiredness there Definitely, will it make a a big impact on the game? I I'm not that sure because United won't be. I I can't see United going into Wolves and trying to press them throughout the game. If that was the case, then yeah, it would have an impact. But at home against Wolves, I think the the responsibility won't be on United to to have most of the ball and try and do something with it. And that's not the most tiring of of styles of, of football. Uh, I'm a big Mason Greenwood fan and uh, stunned that he was on the bench for the Burnley game. Uh, it came off at half-time the other night. Is, was, what, I was that an injury or was that just tactical? I, I don't quite know. There was there was some suggestion that he had a a very small knock, um, okay. which would make some sense. He was he was really quiet in the first half against City, and he's mm-hmm. he his movement is is excellent, and he he does have this tendency, and he and he had it all the way through youth level under eighteens, under twenty threes, that. He he can have quiet games, but he will score in them, um, sure. and he did he did that a lot. And it's it's the mark of a really good striker. I think City. I would assume he had a knock to be brought off that early in the game, especially when United were leading and Dan James came on. But I also kind of under, understood the substitution as well. So I, I I would imagine he he'll be fit for Wolves, and I I would expect he'll start with with a front three of of Greenwood, Marshall, and, and Dan James. But Dan James is one who who does look tired. Um, didn't play against City and, and is certainly looking worn out. I think he's played 31 games this season. When United signed him, they were expecting him to play 15 or 20, not, and he's already at 31. So, Well, that's great. I mean, last question really was going to be about your prediction for the team. So, so you've got your front three, Greenwood, Martial and James. Uh, how do you see the rest of the United lining up? Well, I think the big question is, is does Solskjaer go for a, a back three or a back five or a two-man central defensive partnership or, or three-man? And, um, <laughs> That's not a lot of options. Yeah, he, he, he's got plenty of options because not only is it is it a back four or a back five, but is it do, are you playing Luke Shaw at centre-back to try and counter against Adama Traore, which is certainly a possibility, where you play Brandon Williams and Luke Shaw against Traore to kind of nullify him. United have and done Williams that. Williams have done very well against, against Traore. I think mm-hmm. they had to swap in the FA Cup, I think, Neto and Traore. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a clever tactic that I don't think many teams have, have used, and Solskjaer's used it at Anfield to stop Mohamed Salah, and he's used it against City as well. And it, it has worked well, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if we had a back five of Williams, Shaw, Maguire, Lindelof and, and Aaron Basaka would be the, mm-hmm. the obvious choices. And in midfield, Emmanuel Matic is, is suspended after his red card against City, so it's, it's probably going to be Fred and Andreas Pereira. Um, now, whether Bruno Fernandes is, is ready to come in and play straight away, he still hasn't officially signed for Manchester United, so we'll see about that. I would expect he'll, he'll come off the bench to probably replace Pereira at with half an hour of the game left or, or something like that mm-hmm. um, look it's going to be a good game uh, I mean difficult to call I mean, we, we've said we've said on the podcast it's probably going to be a, a statement game one way or the other and we're just about to I think so we're going to put this, put this segment in halfway through but um, 
Look, I mean, wh- where do you see prediction-wise a uh, score? Do you think it's going to be a um, pretty close run thing? Yeah, I, I can't see the team winning by more than, than one goal. Um, and that's pretty, I think that's been the case for, for most of the however many games we've, we've played against Wolves over the, the last couple of years or 18 months. Um, I mean, FA Cup 180 minutes and there was only one goal in the game. And I think both teams played pretty poorly in that 180 minutes, but it wasn't that surprising that there was only one goal. Um, I, I've I've positively predicted a, a two-one win for United, but that's mainly with my my heart and not my head. I think that's a draw, fine, fine. yeah, I think a, a draw is probably the the most likely outcome, and I think it it will involve, um, I think it will need a bit of magic, individual magic for United, and and it, they'll I think Wolves will find some space on the counter attack as well. Harry, thank you very much. Uh, Man United Weekly Pod, do you want to just give it a plug, mate, if uh, people are driving to Manchester and they're, they're looking for a little bit, a little bit more <laughs> content on the way? Uh, yeah, you can find it on, on Spotify, iTunes, Acast, wherever you want, Manchester United Weekly Podcast. And if you want to find it on Twitter, um, I'll be tweeting out at HarryRobinson64 on Twitter. Fantastic, Harry. Thank you so much. I'm sure we'll be speaking to you ahead of the Europa League quarterfinal, semi-final, <laughs> wherever we get drawn together anyway. So that's brilliant. Top man. Thanks, Harry. Nice one. Cheers. Cheers. Harry, thanks very much for that. Top man. Thank you very much. Uh, look, you've, you've, you've said it before um, earlier on in the podcast, Joe. This, is a, this could be a statement game. could be the biggest game of the season. I completely agree because uh, Marcus Rashford obviously out. They've got issues themselves. Uh, Wolves go there. Level on points. This could be a statement victory. They've obviously played two more games since that, since, since Wolves played against Liverpool. They've played and they played pretty pretty much a full strength side against Tranmere Rovers. They've played Man City, and then now they've got Wolves at Old Trafford. Wolves should be ready to go. And I think that if I was picking a, a Manchester United combined side and, and Wolves, Wolves have got. I would I would probably choose seven Wolves players from these people who are available, yeah. if not eight. They can go there. They can put a statement out. They can go and win this game, and they can win it comfortably. What do you say? Yeah, come on. I'd love Wolves to just go there, win two nil, and as we say, put down a massive uh, marker. You know, you look at you look at the teams. You take Jimenez all day long. You take Traore all day long. Neves, Martinho. Uh, you maybe even take the keeper these days. Um, Patricio, over the hair. They've not got a great team of United anymore. Uh, the, cra- the crowds have been dwindling as well as we saw at uh, Old Trafford the other week it'll probably be more so a full house for this one but um, they've always been tight games it'll probably be tight again but they are very much beatable and uh, Wolves hopefully with this week off chance to recharge the batteries will go out and go, go for the jugular just f- from the start get your goals mm-hmm. get them early hold on to it that'd be, that'd be fantastic and Rosie they've got to the start better games they can't keep on conceding well I say they can't they do and, and they're coming back and still getting points ridiculously I think they're the worst first half team statistically yeah. um, in, in the Premier League they've, they've got to stop that um, but goodness me if they do score the first then then it could be three, four, five. Well, we saw it, didn't we, at Bournemouth? The way they started there—that was the one of the best first halves of Wolves' season that we've seen. And we thought, oh, we're going on for a five, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But then the second half ended up being like the first half mm. that we've seen. You know, where they took the foot off the gas. So. Wolves, that won't be Wolves, would it? If it was, if it was well, so it easy. was one of those. They're just a one-half team, yeah. but it's it's fascinating to watch and. They just need to. They are the the good thing is that Wolves are capable of scoring more than two two goals a game, mm-hmm. but without that, it it'd be a worry. 
wouldn't it? But the priority this weekend, as we've stressed already in the podcast, is a clean sheet. Look, you've got teams on the up. Um, Wolves are on the up. Uh, they're going to have a bench that's probably strongest in weeks, you'd have thought, mm-hmm. uh, against the side United. Not only, um, okay, so albeit they won the other night against Manchester City, but they didn't they didn't qualify for the Carabao Cup final. Um, and when we've seen all the issues they've got off the field, let alone on the field, the fans are going to stage a walkout. I mean, everything, all the recipe is there for Wolves to go there and do a number on them. Um, how, how do they do it? Do, do, do they have to play slightly differently to what they have done before? I think, as we say, just emphasise that that fast start. Just just get that goal, and if you if you get on United and you and you pressurise them and you press them, they can crack. Yeah, they've they've shown it plenty of times. But if you give them time to settle into games and build confidence, they are a bit of a confidence team. Man United, if the, if you let them let them get going, then mm. then they are then they do have the potential to be quite good. So I think you've got to unsettle them from the start, and if you can get a win from this game. And if you can get something from Leicester, thinking of the fixtures off the top of my head, I think it is something like, I know there's, there's a Norwich game in there, and then in March you've got the likes of Brighton, uh, West Ham. You know, there's a, there's a good run of fixtures for Wolves after that. So if they can get, get some couple of good results out of these next, next few, mm. then them setting themselves up in a very, very healthy position. So people will be clamouring for Willy Bolly to return. People will be clamouring for Diogo Jota to return. People will be clamouring for, for Podence to, to maybe even start from the off. Are we saying that, we're not, that you would probably start the same team that started against Liverpool? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they need to be careful. Um, the one thing, they need to learn the lessons from the FA Cup defeat at Old Trafford because they didn't keep a handle of Daniel James in that first half especially. So they've got to improve there. And I think this will be a big test. If if Dendonka does start in central defence, he's got to improve from that performance at Old Trafford and get a handle on it and sort of say, I want the shirt. Sod Willy Bowler, I want the shirt. You know what I mean? Can I say that? I don't know. If I can yeah, say you can yeah. say it's yeah. Yeah, it's But fine. you know, they, there's a big. They didn't really handle Daniel James. One matter had a good game. You know, you've got to get, you've got to learn from those lessons and go. Okay, those were the two players that sort of gave us problems. Tighten up, sort it out. Playing devil's advocate, I'll say Willy Bowler's been integrated in the squad. He's mm-hmm. been training fully for a couple of weeks now. He's arguably, well, for me. Actually, not arguably, stand out the best central defender. You go into Old Trafford, he's fit, he's ready to go. Why wait till after the international, the winter break, and playing against Leicester? Why can't you play him at Old Trafford? Play your best players. I think if he's fit, he starts, doesn't he? But he's not fit. That's Is he not fit? He's, he's not 100%. He, he's fit. not at any minutes yet. That's, I I know, that's I know. what I mean. That's, he's that's not 100%. Fit. I think you'd like to. You'd like to build him up. Mm. Yeah. When him. you say he hasn't had minutes, so are you saying that you'd want him to come on as a substitute in a game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, mm. if if Wolves get a lead and you want to hold on to that lead, then bring then bring on Wally because I, I, I think in terms of a you know defensive organizer and a, and a colossus, you know if they're going to be launching balls into the box, I think that's when he'll thrive. Hopefully, get him twenty minutes half hour under his belt, yeah. and then maybe maybe against Leicester you could start him. When I spoke to Connor Cody last Thursday after the game, he was saying <laughs> he was saying that he uh, he, <laughs> he was saying that. Um, Bolly still he needs to get fitter. So we've sort of got that from Cody saying, mm-hmm. you know, Willie Bolly, he's on the bench, but he still needs to get fitter. He's still working on his fitness. So yeah. it's not saying he, he wouldn't have passed to get on the bench if he wasn't fit. It's just saying that he's not at 100%. So would you rather have 
an 80% Oh, would you bowl. rather? That's a, One second, writing that down. <laughs> would you rather next week, would you rather <laughs> segment like it? Would you rather have an 80% Willy Bowley with the risk of perhaps doing something? with? It's, it's in such a... Uh, risky place is that what you call it you know the fibula where it is positioned it's such all it takes is like you know a, a funny turn doesn't it to it's unsettle getting, all of it's, those he's getting things. himself to trust his body again yeah, and trust, yeah, trust yeah, his jumping and trust yeah, everything you don't you know? risk him I think it's just good to have him and Connor also spoke about the fact the impact he has in the dressing room and in the hotel even the night before the game having Willie Bolly in the hotel is just his character his personality what he brings to the side off the pitch it's having him around as much as sort of having him on the bench so I think it's just protecting him which is right he needs to be wrapped in cotton wool and given Dendonka and Sace's form during this spell they deserve to be given the chance to so sort of say hold on let us fight for this shirt um, what are you going to do on Saturday Rosie? What do you mean? What are you going to do? Set off earlier. Correct. <laughs> she knows. She knows. No, but I was coming from my, my mum and dad's back up in Leyland and I thought, oh, it's only like, round the corner. The, it's not round the corner. It's not, it's, it's, it's <laughs> it's not, not round the corner, the corner. and uh, that, that traffic will be will be very bad with people getting yeah. to the stadium. Get there so earlier. Get there, get there earlier. <laughs> and uh, Right, okay, so f- finally for you two, a prediction please then. Um, I'll go first because it's, it's my podcast and you can have it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to be Manchester United 1, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2. Um, Joe Edwards. Uh, Turner Wolves. Two. I'm, I'm going for it, yeah. You're going for it? Yeah, Turner Wolves. All out. All yeah, out. Raul Jimenez, uh, Daniel Powden's off the bench. Come on. Oh, I love it. Uh, Rosie Swarbrick, give you the final word of the podcast. Uh, prediction, please. Manchester United against Wolverhampton Wanderers. 2-1. Two 2-1-2. One. Two one, two. Wolves. Wolves, thank you Sorry, very much. Bully does that. Bully says 2 1. I go, who 2? He goes, oh, either 2, two 1 either side. I'm like, shut <laughs> up. Oh, this is going to be 2 1. Oh, dear. Um, look, myself, Rosie, Joe, thank you very much. We will all be with you at Old Trafford on Saturday. And of course, throughout Transfer Deadline Day tomorrow. From all three of us, have a great weekend. We'll see you there. Take care. Bye bye.